After Solomon's death around 975 BC, his son Rehoboam became king over Israel. Jeroboam came to plead with him to lighten their tax burden and said the people would serve him. Rehoboam wanted three days to consider this and consulted with his advisors. He first spoke with the old men, who said if he spoke good words to the people and eased their tax burden, they would be his servants forever. Then he went to the young men for advice, who told him to speak roughly to the people and increase their taxes even more. Rehoboam followed the young men's counsel. Where his father had chastised the people with whips, he would now chastise them with stinging whips like a scorpion. When Jeroboam saw that the king would not listen to or consider his people of the house of David or Judah, they rebelled and said, To your tents, which meant to leave. And King Rehoboam fled in his chariot back to Jerusalem. The northern ten tribes rebelled and made Jeroboam their king, while the southern tribe of Judah and Benjamin followed Rehoboam. The kingdom of Israel was now divided with Israel to the north and Judah to the south. With the temple in Jerusalem in Judah, Jeroboam feared his people would travel to visit it and become sympathetic to the southern kingdom. He built new places of worship in his northern kingdom and called priests to lead the people into apostasy. The Lord sent a prophet to warn Jeroboam, but he did not repent and had two golden calves made as idols for his people to worship along with a false god Baal. Rehoboam reigned in Jerusalem in the southern kingdom, and his people also did evil in the sight of the Lord and worshipped idols and false gods. The Lord had promised them a sure house, as he had built for David, but they rejected him, did not keep his covenants, and lost this promise. After Jeroboam died, a series of kings reigned over Israel. A very wicked king named Ahab became ruler over Israel. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and did more to provoke him to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. During this wicked time, the Lord called a prophet named Elijah to preach. He went to Ahab and said, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there would not be any dew or rain in the land according to his word for three and a half years. The people believed in Baal, who was the god of storms and rain, and the Lord was showing them through his prophet Elijah that it was he who truly reigned over the universe and that Baal was a false god. The Lord told Elijah to go east to the brook Cherith, where he drank from and was fed bread and flesh by ravens every morning and evening. When the drought caused the brook to dry up, the Lord told Elijah to go to Zarephath, outside of Israel, where he would find a widow who had been commanded to sustain him. Luke chapter 24 teaches that she was not an Israelite, but cared for God's prophet when none of Israel would, and she and her family were blessed by being willing to receive him when his own people would not. Elijah went to Zarephath and saw the widow gathering sticks. He asked her to bring him water and bread, and she told him, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruse. She told him she was gathering sticks to make a last meal for her and her son to eat before they died. Elijah told her to fear not, and to go and do as she'd said, but first to make and bring him a little cake, then make one for her and her son. He said the Lord God of Israel promised that the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. With great faith in the Lord and his prophet, she did as Elijah asked. 
The Lord blessed her and her family with meal and oil that did not run out until the drought ended. After this great miracle, the widow's son fell sick and died. She asked Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou coming to me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? Elijah told her to give him her son, and he carried him upstairs to his bed. He stretched himself upon the child three times and cried, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. The Lord heard Elijah, and the child was brought back to life. Elijah took him to his mother and said, See, thy son liveth. She said, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. The famine had not humbled King Ahab or his very wicked wife Jezebel, a Phoenician who had influenced him to worship Baal. Elijah went to Ahab, and the king asked him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Elijah told him that he had not troubled Israel, but Ahab and his father's house had forsaken the Lord's commandments and followed Baalim. The Lord's true prophet Elijah told Ahab to send all Israel, 450 prophets of Baal, and 400 prophets of the grove who ate at Jezebel's table, to Mount Carmel for a test to see who was the true God. Elijah asked the people in front of all the false priests, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. The people did not say anything. And Elijah told them only he remained a prophet of the Lord against the false prophets. He asked for two bullocks. The priests would choose one, cut it into pieces, lay it on wood, and then put no fire under it. Elijah would take the other bullock and prepare it for the Lord Jehovah. The priests would call on the name of their gods while Elijah called on Jehovah's name. And the God that answered by fire would be the real God. The false priests prepared their bullock and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon. Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for either he is talking, pursuing, in a journey, or sleepeth and must be awakened. The priests cried aloud until the time of the evening sacrifice, but there was still no answer from Baal. Elijah rebuilt the altar with twelve stones, representing the twelve tribes of Israel. He dug a large trench around it and put wood and the bullock on top. He then had twelve barrels of water poured on the altar that also filled the trench. At the time of the evening sacrifice, Elijah said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God that has turned their heart back again. The fire of the Lord then fell from the sky and consumed the burnt sacrifice, wood, stones, dust, and all the water in the trench. When the people saw that the Lord Jehovah was more powerful than the false gods of Baal, they fell on their faces and cried, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. Elijah told the people to take the false prophets to the brook Kishon and have them killed. He then told Ahab, Get thee up and eat and drink, in a victory celebration of Jehovah over the false gods of Baal, and there would be a sound of abundance of rain. Elijah cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. He told his servant to look toward the sea, but he didn't see anything. After looking seven times, he then saw a little cloud like a man's hand coming out of the sea. 
Elijah told him to tell Ahab to prepare his chariot and get down from the mountain before he was stopped by the rain. The heavens then became black with clouds, wind, and a great rain, and Ahab went to Jezreel. Ahab told his wife Jezebel what Elijah had done and how he had slain the false prophets. She was very angry and sent a message to Elijah that he would be killed by the next day. Elijah feared for his life and fled, leaving his servant in Beersheba. Elijah went a day's journey into the wilderness and sat down under a juniper tree. Lonely and discouraged, he asked the Lord to take away my life, for am I not better than my father's? He fell asleep, and an angel touched him and told him to arise and eat. Elijah saw a cake on the coals and water by his head. He ate and drank and slept again. The angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him, then told him to get up and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Elijah ate and drank, then traveled forty days and nights to the mount of God named Horeb. He lodged in a cave where the word of the Lord came to him and asked, What doest thou here, Elijah? He told the Lord that he had been very jealous for him, because the children of Israel had forsaken his covenant, thrown down his altars, and slain the prophets with the sword. He said that he was the only one left, and they sought to take away his life. The Lord told Elijah to stand upon the mountain. When the Lord passed by, a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. Elijah learned that the Lord was not in these elements that he had created and controlled, but that he spoke to his prophet in the still small voice of his spirit. When Elijah heard the voice, he wrapped his face in his mantle and stood in the front of the cave. A voice asked again, What doest thou here, Elijah? He repeated to the Lord what he had said earlier, and the Lord told him to return on his way to Damascus to anoint Hazael to be king over Syria, Jehu to be king over Israel, and Elisha to be a prophet. Elijah followed the Lord's command, and found Elisha plowing with twelve yoke of oxen. This showed he was a wealthy man, with much to leave behind. Elijah cast his mantle upon Elisha, showing he would be the next prophet. And Elisha ran after Elijah, asking if he could go kiss his father and mother before leaving to follow him. Elijah told him to go back. And Elisha cooked a yoke of oxen with wood from their plowing equipment to make a feast for the people. This faithful man, who would become a great prophet, was willing to leave behind all his material things and follow the Lord's current prophet. And this is 1 Kings chapter 17-19 through 19 in the Old Testament. Look for hidden images located throughout the video. You can download a coloring page and activity puzzles for each section on Etsy at Ponderfund. Visit our new PonderFun.com website and Facebook page to find more fun things to do, and you can listen to these as a podcast. Please like and share these videos with anyone you think might enjoy them. Also, please subscribe to this PonderFun YouTube channel, and you'll be notified whenever I make new videos. Thanks again for watching, and find some time this week to ponder.